You are listening to NTC Messina's podcast, where our desire as a family of God is to simply know God, love one another, and make disciples. Good morning, church. No, no, no. Good morning, church. We, We need to be excited about what God is doing today. I know I am. And I just want to give you a a little, I'm sorry, um, because um, my wife and I are, I think, day 22 after COVID, so I'm left with a little bit of a cough. So I'm cough dropped up, prayed up, um, dealt some 12-hour cough syrup in me. So uh, short of that, if I don't drop of um, fall asleep on you, I should be in pretty good shape, but I apologize for the little nagging cough. Um, Before we get started, I want to pray for this woman right here in the black sweater. Yeah, what's your name, honey? What is it? Tammy. Tammy, during worship, I just felt the Lord is saying, don't worry, everything is going to be okay, and um, everything that's been robbed and stolen from you and plundered from you, even the love of life around you that the enemy has tried to steal from you, God is going to restore. I just kept seeing the word restore over your head, and you need to get ready and just to know that the enemy comes to try to rob and steal. He's a liar. We know that from the word of God, but it is impossible for our God to lie and he's put a hedge of protection around you. And even though people have been trying to take you down and take you out, God says, this is your season to rise up out of the ashes. And God is going to use you mightily in the kingdom of God. So when you look in the mirror, when you go home, you need to look and say, look at what the Lord has done. He has changed you from the inside out and nobody can rob or plunder from you anymore because God's got a word on your heart and there's a a confidence inside of you that God is starting to bring out because you're going to see people come to the Lord through your troubles and through your sorrow as you pour out as the little woman did uh, the widow woman did in 2 Kings 4 as she poured out what little she had the, the, the buckets every vessel she got kept being filled with the oil as you step out and do that God is going to bless you beyond your expectations but more importantly People are going to be kingdom-bound because of you. Amen? (laughs) Glory to God. Well, I want to to talk to you this morning. Um, I hope this doesn't offend you, this title. But I woke up in a cold sweat, and the Lord started speaking to me two weeks ago. I didn't know I was going to be preaching. And the Lord said to me, you know, I sent my only begotten son. And yes, he was put up. On the cross, you know, these are nothing compared to if you really do the the checkout as to what the spikes were that were put in Jesus' hands and feet. This is nothing. But he was put on that cross for me. When, 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 When I look at the cross, you know, someone said to me when they looked at the cross, they saw people gambling for Jesus' clothes, and they saw him be uh, chucked in the side with a spear. They saw him. Now, you know what? When I see the cross, I see me. I see that Jesus substituted himself for me when I didn't even deserve it, okay? And these nails, he was nailed to the cross out of love for us, and so I titled this message, Jesus Nailed It. 
He nailed it. He nailed it for us today. And, and, and if we're going through life today and we're thinking, oh, how horrible it is. Yes, it is. But when you read the word of God, it was horrible all the way through the Old Testament. And it didn't get much better in the New Testament. The only thing that got better was Jesus. Everything he did. And you know, I'm, I'm going to give you, I, I, I watched the sermon last week, so I'm springing off of what you did last week. It says, now I say to you, Peter, which means rock, we are all Peters. I don't care if you're male or female, we are all Peters sitting in this room, every Christian. And upon this rock, upon us, upon the Peters, I will build my church and the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now, whether you believe this or not, and my wife and I, we totally believe this, no matter what's going on in the world, we have an assurance, we have a promise from God that says, and from Jesus that says, I will build my church. Some versions say in the gates of hell, the powers of hell, the powers of the world, the powers of COVID, the powers of lies and misconception and trying to find the truth, no matter what is going on, his church will be built. Did you know nothing can separate you and me from the love of God that is in Christ our Lord. That's found in Romans 8.39. You know, I suggest to you, you want to get encouraged and discouraged, but more encouraged than discouraged because it kind of goes back and forth. Read the whole book of Romans. Did you know that God loves each and one, each of us as if there was only one of us to love? Come on, that's how much he loves us. Did you know? Did you know that God loves us through the cross? I'm going to get real with you today. I want to have a conversation with you. And then I'll tie this up in the end for you. The Apostle Paul, he tells us so much about God's love for you and I. And he says that even when we stood against God. Come on, I'm going to tell you something. I stood against God. I stood against God. He sent Jesus, his only begotten son, who he loved dearly to take our place on that cross that our sins may be forgiven, that we would have everlasting life. God demonstrated his love for us through this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5.8. The cross demonstrates that God took the very worst event in history. Come on, can you think of any worse event in history that Jesus was beaten, he, was, he had a crown of thorns put on him, he was whipped where his flesh was, was torn apart and, and, and he was crucified, yet God took that very significant, horrible uh, event and he turned it into his very best. Jesus nailed it solidly for you and I. 
He, he did it. And since God did that, since God the Father, the great I am, the Alpha and Omega, because he did that, then God can take the worst things in your life, in my life, and use them for good. Come on now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach at you today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive this home. Put up the first slide, please. I. I. Say I. I, I as a pronoun, I'm not going to be talking to you about you or me. I'm going to be talking about I, the great I am, the Alpha and the Omega. The Bible says, tells us, God is love. 1 John 4.16 says this, so we have come to know and believe that God, that, that the love that God has for you and I, God is love. Say that. God is love. No, no, no. Say it again. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God. And God abides in him. Wow. First John 4, 8. Anyone who does not love, uh, not love does not know God because God is love. Oh, why is he speaking about all this love? You're going to see very shortly. Man, we have no, think about this. Think about this. If you had to take one of your children and offer them up as a sacrifice for people you didn't even, that didn't even care about you. That's how much God loves us. God did not wait <coughs> for us fallen humans to begin to love him before he sent and poured out his love on us and for his son to die for us. Let me tell you something. If God had waited until we loved him, he would have never sent Jesus. Wouldn't have happened. <clears throat> because we would have never have loved God on our own. We were dead in our sins. Come on. I'm, I, I want to take you down memory lane because we forget the day of our salvation. We forget the day we got born again and what we came out of and what God transformed us into. I want to remind you of this. We were dead in our sins. We had no desire for God. I'm, I'm going to speak to you from my, my own life. Religion let me down, not God. Religion let me down, and I didn't want to go to church. Yet God so loved us that he sent his son who took all our sins upon himself as if he had personally committed them and took our punishment on the cross. Jesus nailed it for you and I. God who could have done, couldn't have done anything more to demonstrate his love for us, man, than to have his only son bear the wrath that you and I should have received. Let me say this to you. If for no other reason than this, we should believe that God loves us. Right there. If it stopped there, 
What father does that? Let God's love this morning flood your innermost heart. I want to touch your hearts today. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want you to fully understand the love of God because that's going to be your fuel for the remainder of this year and for 2024. Because if you can't show the love of Christ, if you can't show the love of God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit, if you can't show that, if your homes can't drip with God's love, like, you know, home groups, life groups, you know, I, I, I was praying this morning, and I said, Lord, what are you going to do in this church? He says, they're going to see record number home groups in this church. People are going to start to step up. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, this isn't a competition. I said, Lord, it's not about the numbers. He goes, no, it's about reaching the people, and they can't reach it inside the four walls and the roof. They've got to reach it in their communities. They've got to reach it in their neighborhoods. And, you know, God is, I'm going to encourage you at the end of this thing. Man, open your homes. I don't care if one person comes. Open your homes. Show the love of Christ. Next slide. I will. Will. Will is a definitive. It's going to happen. Come hell or high water. Yes, I use the word hell in church. Come hell or high water. I will. It's a promise that we have from God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God's love is steadfast. It's unceasing. It's unchanging, and it's unfailing. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, never gives up on us. His mercies will never, say never, his mercies will never come to an end. God never ceases to love his children. <laughs> that is so cool. Even when we can't sense it. Do you ever feel like, where's God? You know, I used to wig out. I used that word purposely as an acronym. Where is God? Where is God? Where is God in our lives? Sharon, what's going on? And, and my wife, you know, sometimes, guys, I just want to say this to you. You need to listen to your wives, okay? Because my wife would stand there and say to me, hey, God's promised it. We got to stand and wait for it. You know, that's the last thing I want to hear when I'm going through something. I'm just being honest with you. But I will. He will. He is determined. We must believe that God's love is steadfast. Wow. Especially when we're going through hard times. Anybody going through hard times? And afflictions. Anybody going through afflictions? Anybody going through that it's hard to feel God's love because of everything that's going on around us? All this division, all of this uh, hatred, all of this things that's going on. But no matter what you and I are going through, God will never stop loving us who believe in him. He'll never stop loving us. Will is a promise from God. 
Talk about sacrificial giving. God sacrificed his one and only son for us. Why do you keep saying that? Because I want to drive this point home. The, the church is getting away from the basics. What was this all about? What, what was the Old Testament all about? It was the prophecy of the coming Savior. And the New Testament is all about the Savior that came, who died for us so that we can have that everlasting life. We either believe this or we don't believe it. He gave the most precious thing in the universe because he loves us. Jesus, listen to this, Jesus emptied himself out because he loves us. He went to the cross. He endured the pain. He endured the nails. He endured the spikes because he knew he was going to nail our future. He was going to nail our, our destiny. Paul describes Jesus as being having a self sacrificing love for us. You can find that in Philippians 2. As a matter of fact, I'll read it to you. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He so loves us. He became human. He humbled himself and he became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man who was obedient. He was perfect. In every way, he was a perfect example for us to follow. Even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion, Jesus nailed it for us. We got to remember who we are. We're not just born again Christians, we're adopted children of the God Most High who so loves us. God is not, God has, has only one begotten son. He only had one, Jesus. But he has many adopted sons and daughters. That's you and I. You have been adopted into God's family. There is no status in the world that compares with the privilege of being a child of the creator of the entire universe. I don't care what your title is at work. I don't care how much prestige you have. When you have the title, I am a child of God, there is nothing else that can top it, nothing else that can compare to it. Come on now. You can clap. It's okay. Abba Father. Right now, I, I just feel right now, stop, let's stop where we're at. Abba Father. <laughs> Thank you for the amazing privilege of me being your child. <laughs> Thank you that your spirit is living within me. 
and that I can testify that I am a child of God. Jesus, thank you for the nails that secured that I am an heir, that I am your heir. I am your co-heir with you, Jesus. We need to be grateful for what we have, everything that's going on around us. We've got to be grateful. We've got to remember of the basics. We're children of God. We have been bought with the blood of the Lamb. Amen? Next slide, please. I will build. Jesus has a love that builds. But I want to remind you of something this morning. Who's doing the building? Not me. Not Pastor Greg. Not Pastor Justin. Not the elders. Not you. Jesus. So what are our roles? Well, Jesus is the architect. Actually, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're the architects. <laughs> We're the building materials. Say what? Someone comes up to you and says, Geez, Charlie, what's your role in the church? I'm a toilet. I'm a cabinet. You know, used to go to the lumber yard in my deck building days and, and stuff, you know, and you go to the lumber yard and you pick up the wood and you start looking. Mmm, crooked, knots, no good. Okay, uh, well, there is one knot pretty straight. Keep cut. I'll keep that one. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, too many knots. I don't want that one. Let me say something to you. When Jesus is building his church, and he's looking at Charlie, and I got all these imperfections. I got knots. I got holes. I'm crooked. Jesus says, I'll take that. With all those imperfections, I can build with that. You know why? He nailed it for you and I on the cross. We don't have to be perfect. You know, I'm going to say this to you. Jesus doesn't want resources with attitude. Let that sink in a minute. He doesn't want envy, strife. He'll still use you, but he's going to work on you. You with me? The architect is God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, I used to build commercial I did commercial buildings. And I learned something that blew my mind. An architect owns the plans. You can pay $150,000 for your plans, but they're not yours. You and me, we don't own the plans. 
Jesus owns the plans. Not you. Not me. I know this because I asked our architect, I said, can I have the plans? Because we want to duplicate this building. And he goes, no, they're not yours to have. So I called a friend of mine who's a pastor in Rehoboth, Massachusetts. Pastor's a great church. He's an architect. I go, Pastor Bob, how come the architect won't give me the plans? He goes, I wouldn't give you my plans or my drawings. They're mine. I own them. I go, but I paid them. He goes, so what? You paid him to build off his plans. That's his work. Jesus says, I'll build my church, but I'm going to build it to my plans. This right here. And, uh-oh, the architect builds the building according to the codes. Uh-oh. Here we go. Everybody loves the codes enforcer. <laughs> See, the blueprints are the word of God. The blueprints are the master plans that Christ has for us. When I started the, the building in Utica, I had to hire a civil engineer, I had to hire an architect, and $175,000 later, I had site plans, I had, you know, elevations, I had what the soil consistency was going to be and everything, and I said, why are we doing all of this stuff? And they said, because if you don't build the foundation right, you're going to have a horrible building. Wow. Wow.
code's enforcer. The Holy Spirit, who comes into our life not to condemn, but hopefully to convince, hopefully to show us where we're off. Because God wants to build his church. I will build. And it's going to be built to his master plan. Because God is indefinitely, infinitely holy and pure. His love is infinitely holy and pure for us. He doesn't, he doesn't want to see us fail. He wants to build with us. He wants us to straighten out some crooked ways. He wants us to have better heart attitudes. He doesn't want us to have envy and strife. He doesn't want us to feel, walk around being condemned. Because God is perfectly righteous, he will never do anything wrong or unjust to us. That's not the God he is. Even if he should discipline us, uh-oh, there's that word, or allow us to go through suffering, the Lord allows us to go through suffering. Yes, I don't believe God puts suffering on you, but he allows things in our lives. I'm laying there in the COVID unit of Canton Potsdam Hospital, and I'm thinking, Lord, you have got a sense of humor. This is the place I said I would never find myself and realized I used the word never. It doesn't mean because we're going through something that he's failing to love us. Now, let me tell you something else about building. When you're almost all done with the building, you have what's called a punch list. Now, when, you, when I signed the contract to build this multi-million dollar building, I held back 20% of payment to the general contractor. It's a standard procedure, 15, 20%, because when you get to the end of the building and you gotta go through and you do a punch list and you take the plans, the master plans, and you walk through the building and you do a list. Oh, this wasn't painted right. Oh, this is off a little bit. Man, I'll tell you what, the codes enforcer came and measured my stairs. They were off a quarter of an inch in height. He said, either rip them out or I'm going to fail you. So you've got you to have this punch list because unless you can pass the codes inspection, you don't get your CO, which is a certificate of occupancy. Don't you want your certificate of occupancy in the kingdom of God? Don't you want your CO for your communities? Don't you want your CO for all your surrounding communities that you're having an influence in? But the enemy comes, the devil comes to say, you can't get finished, Charlie. You're broken. You can't be made right. Oh, yeah? Watch me. Because if God is for me, who can be against me? Romans 8, 31, B. Oh, I'm going to finish my punch list. 
because that's Jesus' desire for my life. And if it means I got to make adjustments in my heart, if I got to make adjustments in my mind, I'm going to make those adjustments. And you know what? Jesus doesn't hold back anything on us, He doesn't hold back any money. Anything. He doesn't hold anything. There is no debt on your life. Jesus already served the sentence. He was raised to life by God the Father. Jesus sits at the right hand of God. Jesus is always defending us. Jesus never stops praying for us. Punchless? No. My debt's been paid in full. Jesus nailed it. For me. And with God on our side, how can we lose? What others may think about you is not important. I got people right now, my wife is here, she would tell you. I got people right now that are uh, in churches and stuff, and they think Charlie Sweet's elevator stopped going to the top floor. <laughs> I don't care. I'm 66, Brother Shock, David Shock, and Joe Rowe were my mentors, and they said to me when I was younger, Charlie, there's going to be a day that people are going to talk about you and say things about you, you're just not going to care, and I said, wow, these guys, their elevators have stopped going to the top floor. Now I understand what they were trying to tell me. I am not going to be swayed from the plans that God has designed for my life because I'm part of the resources. I am part of the building materials for the church to be built. What others may think about you, I don't care. God's love sets you free from fear, from people, from lamenting over what other people think or say about you. God's love sets you free from that. And who he sets free is free indeed. Come on now. Come on now. Now I'm going to give you one more piece about building. It's called a mechanics lien. Architects have the ability that if certain subcontractors don't get paid, they can put a what's called a mechanics lien on the owner of the building that's building the building. And what that does is, if I ever try to, if I'm the owner and I ever try to sell my building in the end or down in the future, and I've got mechanics liens against me, I can't transfer title of that property until I pay off those liens. With Jesus, there are no liens. Come on. He's going to finish the work in you and I. He will build his church. That's a promise. He that began a good thing in you and I will complete it to the very end. Leans? What leans? Take a hike, Satan. I'm going to lean on Jesus. And he's going to lean on Satan, a defeated foe. At the cross, our leans, all our debts, were paid in full. There's no leans on us. Jesus nailed it. And he nailed it, that we would have everlasting life. It's not ours to build. He builds it. He owns the plans. He's the architect. He's the general contractor. Next slide. I will build my. His love for the called out ones. You and I are children of God. The love he has for you is even greater. 
than what a parent feels for their own child. Know who you are so that God can have that impact on your life. Know that you are a deeply loved child of God. This should be the basis of your confidence, your security, and your hope. I will build my, next slide, church, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastia, literally means to be called out of. Come on, get called out of the world. Get called out of all the negativity. Get called out of all the fear. God is calling NTC out of not just being a building, just not being a conference center. Jesus is saying, NTC, New Testament church, come and change the world with me. Come and change your area with me. We are the resources. He doesn't, I'm going to say it again, he doesn't want a resource with a bad attitude. He, he'll work with it, but he prefer not to have it. He wants a resource with real attitude. Through my God, all things are possible. I will speak to these mountains, and I will say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be thou removed and cast into the sea. Satan, you can't have a toehold in my life. I remember laying in that hospital bed, and the nurse came in and said, wow, this is, you know, really, I won't say the word, you know, that you have to go through this. I said, it's all part of God's plan. He just looked at me. Why? Because Jesus will do whatever he needs to do in our lives so that we answer, here I am, Lord, use me. With all my in impurities, with all my imperfections, use me. I, I want to be part of what you're building. I will build my church. Next slide. And all the powers. How can anyone drive a wedge between you and the love of Christ? Yes, we can be separated from our friends. We can be separated from our loved ones in various circumstances. Even through death, we can be separated. But the word of God says, but, say but. but. Say this with me. But, but. who but. shall separate us from the love of Christ? Nobody. The Apostle Paul, he lists 17 possibilities, 17 things that could separate us from the love of Christ. He included every possible challenge and difficulty that you could imagine that you would ever face. Yet the Apostle Paul concludes that he is totally convinced. This morning, you need to leave here totally convinced that nothing will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ our Lord. Isaac Watts wrote this, God's love is so amazing, so divine, it demands my soul, my life, my all. What are you giving God today? What are you offering God today? Are you saying, here I am, Lord, here I am? L listen to this out of the Passion Version. And all the powers, all the powers, all the powers, who could ever divorce us from the endless love of God's anointing, anointed one? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the 
power to diminish his love towards us. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecution? What about uh, deprivations and dangers and death threats? No. Say no. No. For they are all impotent to hinder the omnipotent love even though it is written all day long we face death threats. For your sake, God. Come on now. Bible's full of it. Come on. How would you like to have been an apostle running for your life? They were getting ready to boil you. They're getting ready to chop you up. They want to hang you. They want to do everything to you. That's who we are today. We are in persecution times. But you're either going to be who God has called you to be in those master plans, or you're going to succumb to the will of the enemy. Yet, Yet, even in the midst of all things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors. Come on, we're more than conquerors. And he has demonstrated his love and his glorious victory over everything. And then he finishes it off, the Apostle Paul. So now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I am convinced that in his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present future circumstances that can weaken his love. There is no power above or beneath us, no power that can ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. Folks, how do you see yourself in relationship to God the Father? Do you go around always feeling slighted, guilty? Do you live under continuous, low-lying black clouds? It's in Romans 8.1. Check it out. We are not meant to just live as Christians. We are meant to live as conquerors. You are a child of God, deeply loved, accepted, empowered by his unconditional love for us. He wants us to enjoy our freedom from guilt and condemnation and to experience the intimacy of his love for us. There's no barrier between you and God. Wow. Last slide. powers of hell will not prevail against us. Wow. The Holy Spirit leads you to stop setting your mind on what sinful nature desires, but rather to set your mind on what the Spirit, the Holy Spirit desires. Can I have the musicians come up, please? Because when we do that, it leads to life and it leads to peace. Paul is not saying that we're going to be perfect. We're not going to be perfect. But rather, even though we still experience all the limitations of sin, you yourself will experience life on God's terms. All these props, I don't normally use props, but God spoke this message so clearly to me to, so that you can make a comparison 
to what he's trying to do, why he's taking those master plans, why we're the resources, why we need to work on our lives, why we need to work on our attitudes. Why? Because New Testament church, 2021, the remainder of 2021, 2022, is a new beginning for you. If I can describe it this way, you've come to the end of something great, but you're at the beginning of something greater. Go ahead. Um, you know, I woke up this morning with 10,000 reasons on my heart. And, you know, I don't know if you guys can play that song or um, it's just, uh, if you just play in the background a little bit. And, um, God's already got the blueprint set for this church. Jesus said, I've already secured it. I've nailed it for this church. See, it's all about the love of God for us and us taking the love of God to others. I remember, oh boy, am I going to date myself now. I remember an old Keith Green, Keith Green song based on Matthew 25, verses 34 through 40. Here's what the words say. It's right out of the scripture. Then the king of glory will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And I remember that Keith Green song, and he's going, Lord, Lord, God, I, when were you sick? Lord, 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 when were you cold? Lord, when were you hungry? And he's going through this whole thing. And then it comes back and it says, then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did you ever see, when did we ever see you hungry or feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick in prison and visit you? And the king will say, words in red, I tell you the truth, when you did it, to the least, to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Bingo! Bingo! Right here. And there it is. Let me repeat it. And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and my sisters, you were doing it to me. Wow. Nailed it. Jesus nailed it. Such wisdom, such knowledge in Jesus. I don't care you're a seventh grader, eighth grader, nine, 10, 11, 12. This word is for your heart. I don't care if you're a young adult, if you're not so young adult, if you're in between, wherever you're at, 
The love of God will never fail us. And the people that are out there that are in fear, that don't understand what the nails did, that he went to that cross, that his love would be all around, that he would build his church and the gates and the powers of hell will not prevail against it, that it will be conquered because we are more than conquerors. We, you and I, need to step up. I don't know all that's going on here. You know, Jason doesn't, you know, I'm lucky I can get Jason to return a call, not alone talk about the church. A busy boy, and that's good. But I'm telling you, by the Spirit of God, something is about to start to happen this fall. The troops are about to be prepared. The homes are being prepared. Everything is being done. Oh, well, I can't open my church or my home for for a life group because it's too dirty. Clean it. I'm not qualified. Yes, you are. That's the enemy saying you're not qualified. You're qualified. If you're born again and you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you're speaking in tongues and you've been water baptized, I'm here to tell you you're qualified because that means the blood of Jesus, the same dunamis power that raised him from the grave is inside of you. You can do it. Well, I don't have the time. Fooey, fooey, fooey. You got the time. I don't know if you're going to run training sessions or what you're going to do for home groups or whatever it is. I don't care. Sign up. Ooh, I only got one person coming to my home. That's one person that's now going to be kingdom bound. And how do you know that that person that's in your home isn't a future Catherine Kuhlman or a, 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 a future preacher or a, a future teacher of the Word of God. Young people, come on! What are you waiting for? Thank you for listening to NTC Messina's podcast. We hope you join us next week and have a blessed day.